You know, there are so many people, um, you know, connected to our church who are really dealing with some heavy stuff and needs and all of that. I, I hope that you pray for them regularly. And I hope more than that, that you look around when you're here and see that, you know, the people around you with smiling faces may not really be smiling. You know, they might be just hurting and in need of some time away from the hurt. And so I hope that you regularly check in with each other, talk to each other, and, and get there. Because, you know, we've all been to very dark places in our lives. Amen? We've all had trouble. We've all had difficulty. And, you know, there are, there are times when we get to the point where because of various tragedies that take place in our lives or relationships that go awry or whatever the case may be, that we get to a point where we're so low that it, it doesn't seem like there's a way up. And maybe some of you have been lucky enough not to be there. Uh, but I would imagine that some of you have been to that place where maybe so many things go wrong all at the same time that, that you start looking around you for a path forward and you don't see it. Sometimes I think God hides that path for a little while or at least he doesn't make it clear because he knows sometimes that, that we have to be there for a moment to really learn to depend upon him. Not that he puts us there, but that he allows us to be there. In fact, this morning as I talked a little bit about this, one of the people came up to me afterwards and says, you know, when you land on your backside, at least your eyes are looking up, right? And sometimes that's what it takes. But there are times in our lives when we really hit the lowest rung on the ladder, when maybe because of some tragedy in your life that, that was unexpected or a tragedy uh, in somebody that you know's life, it just kind of puts you down. Or maybe a relationship goes awry and there's a betrayal of some kind or you thought you were good with somebody and they did something that you just don't understand or you know, maybe you've got an addiction that just keeps rearing its ugly head. Maybe you're counting on a job that you know, you thought would be your 30-year career and suddenly because of some new technology or some marketplace whim, your job disappears and dries up and you find yourself looking for something else. I don't know what the situation is, but we all find ourselves in that situation from time to time where the up is really hard to find and where it's difficult to know what steps we take forward. And when maybe the world just kind of starts crushing down on us like we're bearing the weight of the world on our shoulders. And, and when we're in those kind of dark places, there's really one thing that can help us to see forward. It's a four-letter word, but I promise it's a nice one. It's the word hope. We don't have much unless we have hope. We've talked about a lot of things that, that can help us to find that exceptional life that Jesus came to bring us. And that short story that he told about the shepherd and the thief and the sheep, he says that the thief comes to steal and kill and destroy, but that he came to give us life, life more abundant, life rich and satisfying, life that is exceptional. And so we've been exploring some of the things that can lead us in the direction of that life, our belief systems, for instance, and, and how they affect us, our thought processes and, and what part they play our heart and our desires and how they pull us in the direction of that life that God has for us. We even talked about our habits. Hopefully some of you started working on your habits and, and those outer things that you do that define who you are. And last week we talked about our history and, and how we interpret our history and, and see things in the past as to how they can lead us to our future. And, and today I want to talk about hope. Because I believe that hope is important to becoming who God wants us to be. You will never live an exceptional life, unless you have hope. Amen? Because hope is what gives, gives us the will to go on. And I got to tell you, for most pastors, there is one day a week that you just don't want to go on. You know what that day is? Monday. 
There's a couple of visiting pastors here. Am I right? Yes, I'm seeing smiles. Mondays, we just want to stay in bed. I'm going to break this to you. We just want to stay in bed and we don't want to talk to people. That's what Monday looks like for us. Now, I, I get up and I come in on Monday because that's when we have our staff meeting and stuff. But honestly, it's a hard day because, you know, if you're, if you're a pastor, you, you get up in front of people, you do all the stuff, and you present your sermon, which you've worked on all week, and then you go home and you critique yourself all afternoon. That's what you do. And sometimes it's a hard thing, and, and sometimes it's hard on those Mondays to see hope. But friends, you'll never be that person that God wants you to be unless you have hope because hope is what gives us the will to go on, to keep trying, to push forward, to keep on swimming in the immortal words of a little blue fish that is forever ingrained in our memories because of Disney. Amen? What's the, what's the fish's name? Anybody know? Dory. Dory. Yeah, and I said it wrong this morning, got corrected. These people. Keep on swimming, keep on striving, keep on stepping. Hope is what we need to go forward. Hope is what our country needs. Hope is what our world needs. Friends, there is a lack of hope in the world around us. Look on the faces of the people that you see. Look at the faces of the people on the news. Why do you think our country is so divided? Because people have lost hope in all of the systems around us. They don't believe in our political system. They don't believe in our leaders. They don't believe in our medical processes. You know, there are people I know that will not go to one hospital, that will always go to another one because they've lost hope there. There are so many things in our world that we're losing hope about that some people have lost hope entirely. Friends, you cannot live the best life that God has for you. You cannot live an extraordinary life without hope. And interestingly enough, we who are followers of Jesus have every reason to hope. Why, you say? Because the Bible tells us this. Look at Romans chapter 8, verses 18 through 25, where Paul, a guy who you know, thought he had all the hope in the world while he was killing Christians then realized that he had actually been living a life of betrayal toward God. Do you think you want to you talk about hopeless? Here's a guy who was doing everything in his power to do what he thought God wanted him to do, only to discover that he was actually working against the God that he thought he was serving. You want to talk about hopelessness? That would do it for me. And yet, Paul, after his name was changed from Saul became this guy who planted churches and and who worked for the betterment of the kingdom and the, the progression of the kingdom. And he writes to this church at Rome that is being persecuted from by the Romans, who, who's hated by the Jews, and even people within the church are constantly trying to cause issues. And he writes to them and he gives them these words of hope. And I want to share them with you because I think they're great. Romans 8, listen to what it says. Yet what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory that he will reveal to us later. He being, of course, God. For all creation is waiting eagerly for that future day when God will reveal who his true children really are. Against its will, all creation was subjected to God's curse, but with eager hope, the creation looks forward to the day when it will join God's children in glorious freedom from death and decay. For we know that all creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. And we believers also groan, even though we have the Holy Spirit within us as a foretaste of future glory. For we long for our bodies to be released from sin and suffering. You know what that means, friends? That means no more aches and pains. Can I get a witness? I'm at that phase of life where everything hurts all the time. It's ridiculous. No more aches and pains. 
No more surgeries. No more cancer. No more gray hair. No more losing your hair for some of you. Right? No more back pain. None of that stuff. None of that. All will go away. We too will wait with eager hope for the day when God will give us our full rights as his adopted children, including the new bodies that he has promised us. We were given this hope when we were saved. And then this little parenthetical statement at the end is wonderful. If we already have something, we don't need to hope for it. But if we're looking forward to something we don't yet have, we must wait patiently and confidently. Friends, one of the greatest gifts that God gives us as followers of Jesus, as believers in Christ, is the hope that that he gives for the future of our existence. The hope that this world and our bodies and our loved ones will one day be released and healed completely from the impact of sin and decay and destruction in our lives. There will be no more death, no more pain, no more sickness, no more sadness, no more lies and deception, no more decay and rot. God will fix everything and fix everything that's wrong with everything, and it will all be new. That's what the scripture says. He says, behold, I am making all things new, and not just new as we experience new. Two years, uh, five years ago, six years, how long has it been since we moved here? Seven years ago, we bought a new couch for like the first time in our lives. We always got hand-me-downs and used couches. We bought a new couch, and we put that beautiful couch in our basement. And after four years, that beautiful couch started losing all of its stuff. You know, that faux leather that you you think will live forever because it's not real leather. It's that fake cheap stuff because, you know, everything man makes lasts forever. Starts all crumbling off of our brand new couch. I was so, I've never had new furniture, I never had furniture without the stink of somebody else in it. Don't mean to get graphic, but let's be honest, right? You know, all of you have that, that chair, you men especially, you have that chair you sit in, and I'm stealing this from a comedian, where if you were lost, they would take the cushion from that chair and let the dog sniff it and say, go find that smell. And then they'd have to revive the dog because it's passed out. You have that fur, you know, everybody has a smell. This couch had no smell. It was wonderful. And after three stinking years, the thing's falling apart. Friends, new to us is not new like God does new. God does new in a way that it will never become old again. And that's what we're promised. That's the hope that is within us. And and we need to get our hopes straight. Our hopes are a big part of what defines us. If you want to know what God created you to be, then you need to explore this issue of what do you hope for and what is your hope in? Because I believe your hopes will help define who you are. And we need to make sure that our hope, the hope that we have, is in Christ. There's a little test that I like to do in my own life sometimes, and I've even challenged some churches to do this from time to time. In fact, when I moved here, I think I asked the board to do it, but it's just a little exercise. Do it with me for just a moment. I want you to think five years into the future. Five years. How many of you think you're going to live that long? Raise your hand. Five years. Okay, hopefully most of you. Think five years into the future. If things went as good as they could possibly go, if everything that you ever dreamed would happen in your life happened, what would your life look like in five years? Think about that for a minute. What would it look like? What, if everything went exactly as you hoped and dreamed for the next five years, what would it look like? Because chances are pretty good. The vision that you're seeing in your mind right now is probably has a lot to do with what your hope is in. 
For instance, some of you, I know what you're thinking. Some of you are thinking, yeah, a million dollars. I'd have a million dollars. Absolutely, have a million dollars. I don't know why one million is such a big deal for us, but everybody, yeah, I'd love to have a million dollars in the bank. That's like, I'd be able to retire forever. Well, you know, in five years, who knows what a million dollars will even buy, right? Might as well go for two million, right? But some of us think that way. I'm going to have a million dollars in the bank. You know, all you, you, um, what's the, the Christian guy who wants everybody to save every penny and not spend any money ever? Dave Ramsey. Yeah, Dave Ramseyite. You can be Christian and rich at the same time. He believes that. As long as you got it by saving and not by stealing. Anyway, so a million dollars, a new car. I've never had a new car. I'd love to experience it someday. So if anybody wants to buy me one, you're welcome to. I'm never spending the money, quite frankly. New car and a big house. That's what I'd love to have. Is that, is that what you were thinking? Maybe. Maybe some of you went a different direction with that. Maybe in some of your minds, because you know, you're, maybe you're just starting out or maybe you're kind of at that phase of life where you're looking for that special someone. Maybe some of you are thinking in five years, I will finally find and, and be married to and living with that, that special person who will completely, the, the most wonderful person ever, the perfect person for me that, that will answer all of my dreams and make all my dreams come true. Maybe some of you ladies are thinking that perfect guy is out there and within five years I will definitely know who it is and will have married him. I got news for you, ladies. He doesn't exist. Men, sorry, there is no perfect woman either. Okay? And some of you are thinking, well, in five years, I'll be living with that person who will meet all of my needs, who will complete me, who will, who will just be the perfect person for me in every way. And the tragic thing is, is that some of the people thinking that might already be married to someone. And either you're thinking, I'm going to find a different person or you're thinking this person is going to become that person. Let me tell you something. Both roads lead to tragedy. It might just be an indication that your hope isn't in Christ. Your hope is in a person that may or may not exist. So, some of you might be thinking other things, you know. And, uh, you know, again, I try not to get political, but this is just too easy. Some of you might be thinking, man, in five years, my party will have won and fixed everything already. How many of you thought that? Anybody? Good. Thank God. Right? But I guarantee you there are people out there who think that if they could just get the right candidate or the right party or the right person in a position of power, they could fix everything and everything would be good. Because you know what? At the rate at which we're dividing our country, there are people in this world whose hope is in a political ideology. They think it'll fix everything. I don't know whether your hope is in money. I don't know whether your hope is in a relationship. I don't know whether your hope is in some political ideology. But let me tell you something. The only hope that is worth having is in Christ Jesus himself. That's the only hope worth having. And our, our responsibility as Christians is to make sure that we fix our hope firmly on Christ. And it isn't that God doesn't want us to, to gain wealth. He's given us the ability to work and common sense to save. God wants us to use what we have wisely. He wants us to find a relationship with someone that will help us to be happy, but that person isn't going to do it. It's like an island. Whatever you take to the relationship is what, what's going to be there. You, you, nobody else is going to make you happy in, face you, in case you haven't figured that out yet. You either are or you aren't. The idea here is we're supposed to be happy with each other, right? And figure that out. But, but your hope can't be in that. Those are good things. But our hope must be in Jesus. It must be in God because our hopes are what defines us. Friends, I'm here to tell you 
that once we recognize that our hope has to be in Christ and Him alone, then we need to recognize that, that there's a, a willingness that we need to wait for that hope to happen. And, and He says that we should wait patiently. How many of you just love patience, right? Patience. We, we love patience in America. We love to wait for stuff, don't we? How many of you know you can get McDonald's delivered to your door now? That's just wrong. Amen? I mean, come on. It's $8 worth of food, and really you're going to have somebody else deliver it? How many of you have done it? I'm just, no, you're not going to raise your hand now. Okay, someday when I give in and do it, don't hold this against me, okay? But it just seems so weird. I mean, everybody knows pizza delivery is of God. But that other stuff I'm just not sure about, you know? Come on. I, I spent um, part of my high school career, my first, one of my first full-time jobs was actually at a McDonald's. And I loved working in the grill, man. People leave you alone. You don't have to deal with the general public. You still got to deal with the people that work there. But it's just fun back there, flipping burgers, having a great time, doing good things. Never would I eat anything off the grill. You know, I'd never do that. You know, anyway... <laughs> Just having a great time. Then they stick me in drive through Do you know what happens to people when they pull up to a drive through speaker? Their soul leaves their body and waits in the back seat until they get through the drive through That's what happens. Yes, I would like a Big Mac, but instead of the Big Mac bun, can you please put the filet of fish bun on it? And I want it steamed, not fried like the other bun. Okay, and by the way, make sure the pickles are all bigger than a quarter. I don't want any small pickles on my... Sa- These are actual things I have heard people say through the drive through And by the way, I don't want it cooked to death, so please make my burger rare. Okay, lady, we cook them on a timer. Uh, You know, by law, we cook them on a timer. There is no cooking. It's put it in, take it out, that's it. Oh, my goodness. And if they don't get it from the time they leave the speaker, which is about 30 seconds, from the time they leave the speaker, if it's not ready when they get to the thing, they're ready to climb through the window and kill you dead. Don't look at me like that. You know it's true. Some of you are that person. I'm telling you. People lose their soul. They lose their mind. We are the most impatient country that has ever lived. We want everything now. And you know what? Paul says, if you want this hope, if you want to believe in this hope, you do have to wait for it, and you need to wait patiently and confidently. Confidently, because God keeps his promises. He will do what he says he's going to do. The hope that he has given us in Christ, that we will live forever with him, that this world will be healed. I don't know how it's going to happen. I don't really care, honestly. Because the Bible promises that when he comes, he will make all things new. That we will have new bodies. That there will be a new earth. Whatever, however he chooses to do that. We can argue about it till we're blue in the face. The point of the matter is death, decay, destruction, grief, all of that will be gone. That is the hope that we're waiting for. Patiently, but confidently. And that hope has been given. We've been given a little bit of glimpse of what that hope looks like in the Spirit of God that lives within us. Now, in the Church of God, we believe the kingdom started when Jesus came the first time. And I know some people don't necessarily buy into that, but just hear me out on this. When Jesus came, he, he established his kingdom in the hearts of humanity. And when the Spirit of God lives in your life and things happen that only the Spirit of God can do, you are seeing glimpses of what the kingdom will look like in its fullness someday. So for instance, when we pray for someone here at church and and God makes them well, that is a glimpse of the kingdom coming on earth. Amen? Amen? You, You act like that's never happened. Friends, it has. 
And we've seen it. And because we see it from time to time, it gives us hope for the future. When we begin to see God work and and change a life, how many of you sitting here, nobody ever thought you'd ever be in church, but people prayed for you until you finally showed up, and now you don't even recognize yourself. That is a work of the kingdom of God when a heart and a mind and a life is changed miraculously. The Spirit of God lives within us and shows symbols and signs of the the life that is to come. I believe that if we're going to allow the Spirit of God to shape our whole lives, then we will begin to live the exceptional life that God has called us to live. But if we're going to do that, then the Spirit of God has to come into our life and it has to begin with our belief system and and change the way that we believe and and change the way that, that we think about certain things. It'll change our thoughts. It'll come into our lives and change our hearts and our our wants and our passions to be in line with the desires of Jesus. It'll start to change our habits and our actions so that they are in line with what God wants. All of these things that we've been studying the last few weeks, the Spirit of God can mold all of that and shape it into a person that looks and acts and feels and breathes and thinks like Jesus. That's why he came. So that you could live the exceptional life that God designed you for. And only when God's Spirit shapes all of us, the whole person, will we begin to see His kingdom come and His will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Isn't that what Jesus prayed? Friends, I believe that only then will we be able to live the exceptional life that God has called us to. The Spirit of God is paramount to our journey. Pray with me if you would. Father in heaven, it's difficult to figure out how to wrap up this series because there's so much here that that we need to process. There's so many things that, that, Father, we can begin to work on and to move toward in order to help our lives fall in line with the life that you created us for. I know it's a lot to take in, our our thoughts, our beliefs, our our hearts, our habits, all of these things take a lot of work to really work on. But Lord, it really begins with you. And it begins with the hope that you've placed within us of a life that is eternal. The hope that you've placed within us of a spirit that comes and dwells in our hearts. And and without us even having to, to think about it at times, that spirit begins to mold us and shape us in the image of your son, Jesus. I pray that you would help us to never, ever try to do this process alone. Lord, we can't fix ourselves. (laughs) Only you can do that. Lord, I believe that's why your spirit has come to let that happen. Lord, this morning we heard a testimony of four women who listened to you, who heard your voice, and and they allowed you to change their thinking. They allowed you to to deepen a love for the the people of Belize in their their hearts. You you allowed them to to embark upon a new habit of going on mission trips and, and to do something concrete with what they believe. Lord, what they went through is a perfect example of what we're talking about here on a, on a small scale. And I pray that you would help each one of us to see that the moment we turn our lives over to you and allow your spirit to shape every part of us, that you will begin to, to mold us and change us and shape us to become the exceptional people that you've called us to be, that you've designed us to be, and that you desire for us to be. Lord, we want to be that person. We want to be the person that you've created us to be. 
And I pray, Lord, that you would right now speak to the hearts of those who are here. That we would give room for the Holy Spirit to work in our lives in such a way that we can become the people that you've called us to be. Father, we pray all of this in the holy name of Jesus who came to die for us and who gives us this hope. And all God's people said, amen.